Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to, well, the last Friday of October, plus a happy hour today. I am so excited you're here. My name is Jamie, and I'm the host of the show. And today, my friend Rachel Myers with She Reads Truth sits down and chats with me today. We talk about some of my favorite things in the world. First of all, we talk about football. Speaking of football, tonight is my senior son's last home game. Just don't mind me, the mom in the stadium crying, but it's okay. We talk about football. We talk about Bible reading. We talk about some of the reasons why people don't want to engage in Bible reading, and we talk about how She Reads Truth truth is out to make this accessible. And then we also talk about books that we're reading and loving. So three of my favorite things, God's word, football, and books. And so we talk about a lot of things in this show. And so I want to remind you that we put all the links to everything we talk about in our show notes. To find this particular show and the show notes for this show, you can go to jamieivy.com slash HH438. Since today's episode 438, that's how you will find it. In today's show, Rachel really talks a lot about Advent, and She Reads Truth has a beautiful Advent study out right now. In fact, the last day to order this study is November 4th. So that's to get the actual copy physical study in your hands before Advent begins. They also have a digital download. So we put all the links in our show notes, but you guys, you really want to check this out because their studies are not only just full of God's word, they're also beautiful. They give us a code, happy Advent for 15% off. Again, all these links are in the show notes. All right, here's my friend Rachel and our conversations about football and God's word and lots of books. Here we go. Rachel Myers, welcome back to the happy hour. One of my favorite hours. It's my favorite hour, always the happy hour. And then it would even be more of my favorite if I was sitting with you in your living room, drinking coffee or whatever we would choose to drink for a real happy hour. I don't think that I didn't think the same thing. I was like, golly, last time we were together or last time we recorded, we were together. Yes. And I remember you had some killer shoes on. Am I right about that? Yes, and I am barefoot today. <laughs> well, I am looking pretty rough today too, but we're in our separate locations. You're in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm in Austin, Texas. But welcome back. You have been on September 2017 in January of 2020. And now look at us, October of 2021. A lot of water has passed under the bridge since January of 2020, my You know, friend. speaking of January 2020, does it not feel as though just saying the words January 2020 when you're thinking new year, new me, 2020. And you're like, was that a decade ago? I Was I in high school then? <laughs> Where was I in my life at that moment? Like there's a little bit of like, ah, you sweet thing. I know. I remember <laughs> no. January was so fun. We're so innocent of. <laughs> I know. I look back at January, 2020 and I went to Rwanda. So I'm like, ah, the, the, oh, the wow. horizon of 2020, month. yeah, was just awesome. And then she in did. February, I went to Mexico City. I mean, we were just grooving. You were knocking stuff out. Knocking stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I know, I know. Well, welcome back to the happy hour. It's always fun to have you here. You're in Nashville, married to Ryan, two kids. Tell us how old your kids are and what you do in Nashville. Listen, Hazel is my youngest and she is, she started middle school this year. So I have a middle school daughter. Everyone pray for me Mm -hmm. and I pray for everyone else. Um, (laughs) She's awesome. So that's Hazel. And then Ollie started high school this year. So we did like the whole, like, let's go. Middle school is behind us. And so he just turned 15. But like speaking of like starting those two new schools, like we just wrapped lower school and like put a bow on it. 
Yeah. Like at the end of spring. And it was just the weirdest thing. Like I remember, and I'm sentimental sometimes. And she and I, like one of the last weeks of school, we were walking downtown Franklin. And I, I want to tell you this story. Like she was holding my hand. Probably <laughs> she wasn't. But we're going to say she was holding my hand. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes we get to like remember our memories uh-huh. the way we kind of we get to think they might be. Yeah, yeah. But she said, apropos of nothing, she started the sentence. She was like, at recess today, this happened. And it, like, it was like I had been punched in the stomach. Like I was just like, that is the last time yeah. mm-hmm. in my home a sentence will start with at recess today. Yeah. And it was just like, it's great. Like, I'm so grateful that we get to move forward and uh-huh. that we have that huge privilege. And also like, it's a little okay to go like, well, that was like a last and it, you know, and that's okay. I don't need to hear about recess anymore. Like the recess isn't the thing, but it was just like a, oh, we're done with lower school yeah. altogether. Let me tell you, I ran out of that elementary school on the last day of school, you know, because I did four. And and when Story, my last one, finished fifth grade, I was like, I'm not even here for the party. We're leaving early, head on vacation. (laughs) I am done. Peace out. And so now... Rachel, next year, I will have only high schoolers and a college kid. I mean, so we're on that too, where it's like every year we're knocking down some kind of first and last and all those kind of things. It's crazy. I love it because our school is so good about this. And I bet yours is too, where they're just like, stop helping your kids. If they leave something at home, don't you dare bring it to them. Like if they forgot a shoe, too bad. They're one shoe Oliver today. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Um, like the last thing that we want you to do is bail them out right now. Like yes. this is their safe place to fail. And so like the pressure is off of me in a new way that it's never been before. Cause yeah. like it used to be my job to be like, have you finished your summer reading and la la. And then I was like, Oh, if you don't finish your summer reading, that is not my problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, one of my kids this year started his summer reading book Sunday before school started on Tuesday. Yeah. I asked him on Wednesday how that was working out for him. He said, not too well, but you know what? It's not my problem. And he survived. And I look back, Rachel, I was not a good student. If I did high school and college over again right now, I would be a much better learner. I love learning now. Yeah. I look back now and the books that I was supposed to read in high school, I read when I was in my 30s. Like, I'm like, oh, I remember hearing about something this, about this in senior English that maybe the other kids in the classroom read. And look, I turned out just fine. Yes. You learned how to learn when you were ready to learn how to learn and how to love it. That's exactly right. Okay. So you're entering into something that we've been in for a while and I love so much and that's football. And I think you even told me that you guys are rewatching Friday Night Lights because you're just in this football thing. And so. Oh, and I mean, honestly, the show still hits. I know that like what I've never seen the movie. I need to just watch the movie too, but like it just gets you excited about football. But now in this new way where we have a freshman who is playing football on the varsity team and like. Also, like watching it now, like you're just like, hold on. Those actors were not 16. <laughs> they definitely were like 24 they at were the youngest. They were 20-somethings yeah. playing high schoolers. This exactly. isn't real. Exactly. And Lord, please let it not be so that what was happening with those high schoolers in the Dylan Panthers is happening. <laughs> <laughs> let it not be so. You know, there's also a book, too, for all you guys that want to read. Is there really? Yeah, uh-huh, about the school here in Texas. You know, we are a football family, too, and we love it so much. And, you know, we're recording this on a Friday, and tonight we have a football game. Do y'all have yeah. a football game tonight? Oh yeah, you know it. It's so much fun. It's so much all, fun. Our whole like back half of the season is away. So like we have the joy of being on home turf. Yeah. Um, so now it's just like a lot more traveling. Ollie's a kicker. So okay. 
kind of like for a mom, like at the best case scenario. I was actually going to ask how you felt about watching your son get just the crap beat out of him on the field. But if someone knocks the crap out of him, there's some severe penalties on the field for that. Everyone's in trouble. So you've kind of got that taken off of you a little bit. I don't know how, like, here's the thing. Um, Ollie's unique in that he has played soccer from birth. Ryan played soccer in college. Like that was kind of the sport as a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, but specifically as a goalie. So like, even as a little puppy, he was like booting the ball down the field, punting and stuff. Uh-huh. And so he walked in, he started a new school last year and it was the first time he'd ever had been to a school that offered football. And he was like, I'll try. Um, and turns out he's just really kind of naturally talented as a kicker. He didn't know how to play football. Uh-huh. I didn't, nobody on our family knew even how to really watch football. So like we're that kicker family who are uh-huh. like learning. This is awesome. And also don't hit our baby. <laughs> Listen, I went to a game last night for two of my boys play on Thursday nights and one plays on Friday. And then we've got Texas games on Saturday. We are like living and breathing football around Texas our house. Football. Texas football. Yes. Which is like, you know, like it might be above like Jesus in some people's lives. What positions do they play? So I have a wide receiver, a running back and a corner. So I've got all the different I'm just learning what those things mean. Yeah. So I'm always scanning the field for their numbers and watching what's happening. But I will say there have been a few times, even this year, when I kind of, I have found myself saying out loud, oh my gosh, because someone will just nail my kid, you know, and it's hard. And I told my kids and I had to make the decision. I was like, listen, if you ever get hurt, I'm not the mom that's running down to the field. Now, Jesus help me when it happens. But I'm like, I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to wait, see what's happening and all the things. We have not had to walk through that yet. Yeah. But it's football's hard to watch sometimes. It really is. So Ollie has this like, I'd like to say he has my sense of humor. Probably has his own sense of humor that's better than mine. But he just is hilarious to me because the first night that he got invited to dress for varsity, he had a friend over and like they'd come home and they were just hanging out and he like went upstairs and then came back down he was like you guys I fell into my varsity uniform again like (laughs) what's this is this a varsity like he was just like insufferable in the funniest way but it's just I mean he hasn't played yet but he's just loving it he's He's loving it he's loving it (laughs) okay well let's switch from another one of our favorite topics to bible reading yeah tell us about she reads truth You've been here before, but I mean, some people, this may be your first time to hear you. So tell us about She Reads Truth. Y'all, this is the coolest thing. We are in our 10th year. Our 10th birthday is in June. And so like, I feel like just like uber, uber proud right now, like of what the Lord has done in this community. So for those of you who don't know what She Reads Truth is, we are like, our thing is like, we're a worldwide community of women who are committed to reading the Bible together every day. And that truly is the gist of it. Like we kind of looked at all the things that keep us from reading our Bibles, because most of us, at least in the West, have three to six Bibles in our home, like kind of baseline, but we're not, so we're the already reached, but we're not reaching for our Bibles. Mm. And that while the statistic about Bible ownership is accurate, the statistic about not reaching for our Bibles is also sadly accurate. Like we have pastors in our town who have said like, we're at a point now where we're preaching with an assumption of biblical illiteracy to our congregations. Mm -hmm. They are not reading their Bibles between Sundays. And that's just, it's this like famine in a world that is fat. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like we have everything we need and yet we're starving ourselves. And so we just kind of looked at like, why is that? 
And like, here's what we know. Like, sometimes it's because we're really intimidated. That's kind Mm -hmm. of like the number one thing. And another reason is, and by that, I mean, like, either intimidated because I don't feel educated enough to, I'm going to open my Bible and not know what it means or what will it say to me? Like, I'm just intimidated because people use it as a weapon or they use it hopefully not as a weapon, but like Bible's used for a lot of things and it can be, or people use it to make themselves appear smarter. Mm -hmm. And also I think we're sometimes intimidated because we feel disqualified. Mm -hmm. I think that it is really, really easy to disqualify ourselves from the one thing that says you need no qualification. And that's just the way that our hearts and minds and the enemy works. He says, this isn't for you. Like I'm just reading my Bible's right here. Like, yeah. yes, Jesus died for everybody, but like possible he didn't know mm-hmm. your story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so people, I think, myself included, like there is an intimidation. And then there's also this just like, okay, let's say I wake up this morning and I'm like, I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna set aside all intimidation. Okay, great. Now what? Where do I read? Like, do uh-huh. I start in Genesis 1? Sure. Do I just like open it? Like what we know is that all of scripture speaks to all of life. So if you open your Bible and start reading it. That is good. However, we have worked really hard for 10 years to do something that we think is really helpful. Mm. And so we have daily Bible reading. And so we're reading through like three weeks, six week plans, sometimes two weeks. These we're reading through books of the Bible or topics like we're about to talk about Advent. But what we've done is curate these Bible readings in a way that when you wake up this morning, you're like, I want to read the Bible. What's She Reads Truth up to today? You open the app and we're in the book of Luke or the book of Acts. And so not only are you reading maybe Acts 2 today, but you're also getting something from Psalms, maybe some Second Peter, a little Ezekiel. Like we're letting screen scripture, interpret scripture. Mm -hmm. And so there's just this, like, we've already accounted for all the days of the year. They're planned out. And so then not only do you have, like, if we knock down the intimidation, say you're invited and we take away the like, but where do I read? What's my direction? Hey, we're always reading something. And then that like accountability or community, never to be a substitution for local church, but like, you're never reading alone every Mm -hmm. morning. Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of women all over the world and men are reading the same passage that you're Mm -hmm. reading. And there's a conversation about it, whether it's on Instagram or most likely just like in the comments on the app or on the site, you're just not alone. And it just... Hopefully, it doesn't make the Bible any more relevant. It doesn't make it any more true or more important. But what we hope we've done is just made it a little more accessible and um, kind of taken down some of those boundaries. So that's She Reads Truth. We have the She Reads Truth app, the She Reads Truth website. We have printed study books like the Advent book that we're going to talk about where everything's, this is like the advanced reader's copy, but where all the scripture is printed right inside. And then just starting two years ago, we have started the She Reads Truth podcast where we just kind of like talk about the reading that's coming for the week ahead so that we can all kind of get excited about it. That's She Reads Truth. People know that they've been here before that I love She Reads Truth so much. And I'll tell you what I love about it. Like I love doing Bible studies and I do Bible studies all the time with friends and online, all kinds of things. But what I love about She Reads Truth is just, we're just reading scripture. You know, you're just reading God's word. And what did you say? God's word speaks to every part of our life. All scripture speaks to all of life. All of scripture speaks to all of life. And that is so true. And so I love how you guys are doing that. Okay, let's jump in to Advent. Yes. First, in case anyone doesn't know, what is Advent and how and why do we celebrate within our faith? Okay, Advent, super easy if you don't know what it is. You sometimes use Advent kind of synonymous with Christmas. It's kind of that, but kind of not. So Advent is a part of the church calendar 
And the church calendar is just sort of like this, like blocking of our year to remember and worship. You know, there's this Advent season that sort of starts four Sundays before Christmas Day. And then there's Lent, which you've probably talked about on your podcast before. There's Ordinary Time, there's Easter Tide, there's Pentecost. There are different blocks on the church calendar that we make note of every year so that we make sure to prepare our hearts and celebrate and observe the coming of Jesus and like it lent to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So Advent is a Latin word and it means arrival. And that's really what Advent is. It's a season where we anticipate the arrival of Jesus. Now, when I say the arrival of Jesus, I'm talking about the first Advent. So we're talking about the baby being born in Bethlehem. The first Advent is what we're here to celebrate. But because there is, Scripture tells us there's a second Advent coming. Scripture tells us just as like the prophets prophesied that Jesus was coming, that came true. We've all the more reason to believe the promises that come after that that are saying, I'm coming back. Mm. And so we have the second advent that we get to look forward to. We don't know when it is, but we are people between two advents. Amanda and I were kind of looking at the advent scriptures for this year, this week. And it just kind of occurred to me that for the first time that half of, not half, like a percentage of the writers of the Bible were people on one side of the Mm. first advent. And then the New Testament writers were actually people like us in the people between between two advents. So like Paul is writing as a guy between two advents, just like me. And he's going, he came and he's coming again. Mm. I get to do the same thing. So Advent is this season in December leading up to Christmas where we like to slow down. Mm. We don't like to speed up. In fact, like most of the other reading plans for Series Truth in the Year have a lot more scripture reading in them. The Advent reading plan is a little lighter. It's still pretty solid. Like there's still a lot of reading in there, but like we want it to be achievable. And we also like kind of every year try to make Advent have really easy on ramps. Mm -hmm. So like maybe you've missed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're reading Thursday and you're like, wait, what? Not the case with Advent. It's just like, you can just jump in at any point and read with us. I love it. it. One of the things I love about the studies that you guys put out and especially your Advent ones now, again, when we're recording, I haven't seen this one. I haven't held my, held it in my hands, but I can only imagine, but you guys also add in like, like bonus material, like fun things. And so what's in this one? What can we look forward to? I mean, it's all of scripture speaking to all of life. Like we experience scripture. We experience scripture in the context of life. Like, and so why wouldn't we lay in there music for our ears or for our voices or food for our mouths to taste or crafts for our hands to do? And especially in the Advent season, it's just, this comes like, Honestly, originally it comes from me loving all of those things personally. Like I love like a magazine, you know? And so I like that we get to lay crafts and recipes and things alongside the scripture because it does feel like a whole experience. Mm. We, this year, we have this favorite chef in Nashville. His name is Simone Quigueba. Okay. He like... Some of like our favorite restaurants, he has kind of like helped launch and then he'll move on and like just incredible chef. He, two of the Sherry's Truth, like company Christmas meals, he has come in and like cooked (gasps) for us, like in front of us, which has been insane. I love that. So for Advent this year, he, the recipes are his, like he came and cooked, we photographed it. Like the recipes are step-by-step him walking us through a roast and butternut squash soup and like his favorite chocolate chip cookie. The recipes are so good. 
well, this just makes my day. I'm like, this is so fun. <laughs> That's what I love about you guys. Like you bring this creativity into it that is so aesthetic and beautiful to the eyes. And then you have these recipes and I love it so much. Now you guys are one of the things that you've grown in, in the past 10 years, which congrats on that, by the way, that is so exciting. But one of the ways you've grown is that originally it was just geared towards women. Right. And I've had you on here before. We've talked about your Bibles. We've talked about your, he reads truth and kids read truth. But for Advent, do you have just this one book for the entire family or are there multiple books that you have as well? It feels like every Advent, we're like, how can we make it even better for everybody? <laughs> yes, I love it. Yes. So like a typical plan in the year, there's the Sherry's Truth study book, which is awesome. Uh-huh. And then the Sherry's Truth legacy book. And sometimes a kid's product. Well, in this case, we have written a children's book called This is the Christmas Story, which we released, I think, two years ago. But it still hits. It's such a good, like it, the first line in the book is, the Christmas story didn't begin with a baby in the manger. It began with a promise. And it, so it starts us with Abraham and God's promise and his covenant. And it carries a kid or the parent reading it through kind of the theme of light in scripture as it relates to God's promise and Christmas. So we have this children's book and we took the artwork from it this year and did an ornament calendar. So the kid can punch out an ornament and hang it every night of Advent. And then we also did to tie with the artwork of the She Reads Truth book, we did a grown up, like I care about home decor. And so I care so much about like what I would hang in my house. Uh I wouldn't hang that in my house, start over. Like I don't love that. So we got to a point where we're like that, like I love that. And so we have an ornament set for women to decorate in their homes. And then we also have like the Advent type ornament where you count down or is it? It's a counting up. So one to 25. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also did a conversation card set. So like, (sighs) if you like really want to dig in with your kids at the dinner table, just a simple, like kind of three layers of questions, like where it's a yes or no, maybe a one word or one sentence, and then like a conversation, just depending on the level of kid that you're chatting with. So lots of ways to engage the family for Advent. I love this so much. And so all of these you can get on your webpage, shopshereadstruth.com. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Okay. I asked you earlier what you were reading in the Bible right now, and you told me Acts. That's right. Is this what you guys at the time of the recording are going through in your community? The time that this releases will be well into Acts. Okay. So it's okay. I mean, that's what I'm reading right now because that's what I'm prepping for. I'm reading Acts too. You are? Yeah, I know. So I started with my kids this summer. Let me find it. It is on version, and it was an Acts and Luke and Acts. And so... Um, yeah, which is kind of like, it was written in one sitting, not in one exactly. sitting, but... But it's, it's kind of like a continual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we doing Luke and Arrow Acts. I'm in it still. But I wanted to ask you because I think that people often wonder this as you well. You wanted to ask me? I wanted to ask <laughs> you about Acts. <laughs> Good job, Rachel. But, you know, you talked earlier about there are a lot of things that keep people from, you know, engaging in God's word, yeah. whether thinking it's not for me, time, I don't know where to start, all the things. And I like to have supplemental reading stuff as well. And so I yeah. like to dig in and also read. So what do you also read alongside your reading the Bible? And what are some things to help you with that? I typically just use scripture Mm -hmm. and the director's commentary, which is the Holy Spirit. I pray before I read. Like, I think like that is the baseline pray before you read. And I'm like, I don't know when I'll stop being surprised by how effective that is. Yeah. But I also, I have like 
probably, I think the year that Ollie was born, I got a Bible, a Reformation study Bible. It's an ESV and it has just been my home base. Like I have a He Reads Truth Bible, a She Reads Truth Bible, and I, I use them a lot. But my like personal Bible reading just has been a continuation of a lot of years in that one. Yeah. In that one copy. But the notes in that book for study are really, really good. Like mm-hmm. I love those. And then I use the team uses a ton of Lagos, mm-hmm. um, which is an online, you know a lot of software. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Online Bible I software. I love it. I use it too. So stinking smart, mm-hmm. so usable. And actually, I think that they have like a Sherry's Truth Pack on there that's free. So like if you go to Lagos, I think you can find the Sherry's Truth Pack where we've kind of been like, here are our favorite Bible study Mm -hmm. tools. And then you can, it's just all free because they're so kind. I love it. They're doing great stuff. Great stuff. You know, Mary Wiley, don't you? Over at Lifeway? Okay, so I recently, I love her. I recently bought her cards. They're these little cards and they look like this. And it says, it's the books of the Bible. And they're so cute. But look, it's a big stack of just little cards. What would be cool if you put like a ring through them? But she takes each book and just tells you the lock, the author, the key truths, and you know how you find Jesus in the text. And I just love those. And I love sharing that is people. Wonderful. I know I love sharing people other things to add to their reading. And so the same way you guys, when you take you know scripture and you might be reading Acts, but you'll cross reference with Luke or First Corinthians. I love also adding those special reading stuff to telling people about that as well. That is such a good, solid biblical literacy tool. Like I feel like even like. The those cards, like even like before you start a book, just like yeah. kind of start there with like just like yes. the basics. Like, what's the audience? Like, when was it written? Like, by whom? It's amazing how like even I mean all the Pauline epistles. I think there's a dozen of them. Might be thirteen. I think there's twelve. But like some of them were prison epistles, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of them he's writing from prison. Like that feels like good context to know. Like Philippians, the most joyful letter that he wrote. Totally. While he was in prison. Well, I can tell you how many there are from Paul because Mary has them color coded. Yes, she does. And so let me just tell you real quick. 13. 13. There you go. Look at you, Bible scholar over there, Rachel. I was counting them, 13. And so that is just something that is so easy for people. Because I think, you know, you talked about this a little bit. Bible reading can be intimidating if you're stepping into it and you're like, I don't know where to start. I know what to do. And adding small things like that, like even these cards from Mary that you just go, okay, I'm going to start reading Acts like you and I are both reading right now. And then Mm -hmm. you can think, okay, who was it for? What are some key truths here? How do I find Jesus in the text? Another thing I also use is I love the guys at Bible Project. And I watch their videos because they include in the U version stuff. I watch their videos. And they're like, first of all, they're so entertaining. Like you're like, how is this happening? Like they've got you hooked visually. Yes. And you just can't help but learn. And whosever voice it is, like I've seen the two guys. Do you know who it is? I don't. But the voice, I'm like, I could listen to this voice all day long. And, you know, I've only seen these videos in this. Well, I haven't seen them very often in the Bible reading plans, but they're so helpful for me as an adult. And you think, oh, these are for kids. Nope. These are for everyone. Oh, they're so helpful. And they do like this great job of like, even like, I mean, I feel like I watched their judges one mm. and where I was like, how are you going to handle this? Yeah, yeah. And they tackle it in such a good way. And they ask like the common questions and they give really like theologically solid answers. I love Bible Project. I do too. And, you know, it's for me, it's like people like them and you guys who I just want to cheer on because you're really making Bible literacy accessible and also not even Bible literacy accessible. You're making it where people can go, oh, I want this in my life. Yeah, I can do this. I had a conversation with Jackie Hill Perry a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and she talked about this Bible literacy thing and that there are so many people who just like people who would claim to be followers of Jesus who just don't ever 
read their Bible for themselves. Right. They'll listen to a lot of sermons. We talked about this, that there are yeah. so many options right now. Oh, there's so many like scripture adjacent things. Like we're like, it feels like you've been in the word. It may even feel like you've spent time with God, but you've actually just heard somebody else talking about their time in scripture and their time with God. Yeah. And like, unless you can use that and then click over into a motivation towards reading the word for yourself mm-hmm. and like talking with God yourself, it's just this like half step that is actually super unhealthy. Like in all honesty, we say that on the She Reads Truth podcast, probably every episode where we're like, do not let this check a box of Bible reading for your week. Like the purpose of this is we want it to make you excited and feel more prepared to read your Bible this week and with the community. And we're just doing our best to model what it looks like for people to get together and have conversations about what they're reading about scripture Mm -hmm. and like learn from each other. And so like, that's the goal. It's never to be like, don't even worry about reading for yourself because we've read for you. Yeah. You know, we've talked here about like helping people who are kind of stepping into reading their Bibles for the first time and making it accessible. But I want to ask you this. I was recently at a Lifeway Women's event, which you have been at with me before. And on a panel, I was asking Jennifer Rothschild, Jackie, Lisa Harper, and Angie Smith. I think those are the people on the panel. Amazing ladies, like, you know, best Bible teachers, you know, just friends of all of ours, all the things. And I asked them the same question I want to ask you as someone who, let me say this in the right way, as someone who does Bible for a job, you know, good work if you can get it. (laughs) Yeah. And all of those ladies on that panel as well, they're all Bible teachers. They write Bible studies. They teach God's word, all the things. How do you separate prepping for work with the Bible and having intimacy with Jesus and yourself and the Holy Spirit by yourself? It's such a good question, Jamie. And it's like, not just a good question, but it's an important question to continue to ask like ourselves and each other, because I think that you can ask that once and then still Mm -hmm. slip into, you know, so I took a sabbatical this summer. You know this about me. I do a version of it every summer because I have can count on less than two hands how many summers I have left with my kiddos at home. And I got about a month into sabbatical and I was like, why does it feel like, why does my relationship with God right now just feel so hard? Like it doesn't feel easy. Like when I talk to him, I just don't feel as naturally in conversation with him as I typically would. And that's when it occurred to me like, oh, like I think that I don't realize how integrated into my life Bible reading is as my job, you know, like preparing for podcasts. Like I've got to be ready to have a really like good conversation, right? So I'm reading the Bible all the time, but not on my summer vacation. Mm. And I was, but it wasn't just this natural part of my life. And I think that it was just like a really healthy conviction of, first of all, it helped me be more aware and probably more compassionate of others who don't have scripture as like their job, right? Mm -hmm. And go like, oh, it's not that easy. I actually feel your pain a little bit more that it's, it takes even more intention than I realized. Mm. But then it also just convicted me like, I don't ever want my relationship with God to be passive, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so that was kind of like at the beginning of the summer and it was just interesting to like create new habits because my season was different where I had to truly engage personally. But here's the thing. Either way, it's the same Holy Spirit. Mm. It is the same word. It is just as living and active. So it's not that reading my Bible to prepare for a podcast isn't an awesome opportunity for me to commune with God. Like, it's also that. But I think that exercise, so to speak, helped me kind of realize, like, this isn't as easy for everybody. Mm, Yeah. One of our pastors here at our church, I've heard him say before, but it's one of the kindest things God 
done to him is to give him the job as pastor. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It keeps him tethered to the word. You can't ever be too far from it because it'll be apparent very quickly. And because it's like, he's prepping so much. And so there's been times in my life where I've been like, there are definitely seasons where I'm prepping more with, you know, going and teaching and stuff. And there's definitely times when that's not as heavy. And I've had times where I've struggled of like, is this prep? Is this like, am I not like communing with God with this prep? And that's an individual thing for each person. But it also reminds me like, man, look at the discipline that I'm in the word so much this week, studying this one chapter and this one conversation I'm going to have on a stage with women. And God, how kind of you to let me do that for an entire week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's something that I've had to work through on my own is trying to figure out like, I don't want to beat myself up if that time that week looks different than it does the week before because yeah. I'm doing so much prep, but I'm still so much in God's word. The thing that we know from Second Timothy is that scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so even if I am in scripture every day this week and I haven't experienced any rebuke mm. or correction, then probably like, I haven't truly been in it. And so what I've found is that in those seasons where I'm really heavily in the word for work reasons, I said a little bit ago, like pray before you read. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my prayer is like, help me do a good job. Like help me like see the, notice the things, be able to write a good talk or prep well for a podcast. But we can pray more than one thing at a time. And so like, I think the thing that I've learned is to also just ask the spirit, like before we get to work stuff, would you convict me? Like to pray that prayer of what we know scripture is useful for and say, spirit, would you convict me, Mm. rebuke me, correct me, train me. And then I can do the same for others, like out of the outflow, or you can use me Mm. to do the work of those things. But I think that we can ask more than one thing. And I think that scripture reading can be more than one thing, but it also is really healthy to have seasons where it has nothing to do with work at all. So good. So good. Okay, Rachel, I want to know what you're loving and what you're reading. You told me Friday Night Lights already. What else are you loving and reading these days? I don't know if I've told you this before. It's possible. I love, love, love the New York Times cooking app. I did not know this about you. Okay. Do you cook a lot? I wish the answer to that was yes. I love to cook. And historically, the answer to that would be yes. Right now, no. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on right now. But you can still love the app. Oh, And so when I do get the opportunity to cook, I'm like, what do we do? And they're constantly sending me an email that's like, what to cook this week? Like, Uh I love it because it's, anyway, this is not an advertisement for the New York Times cooking app, but I love it. And so last night I was like, what do I want to cook? Hazel and I rode our bike. We're we're living in town right now, like truly like downtown. So we Uh rode our bikes to Whole Foods and got the ingredients to make a cucumber avocado salad. Uh, It's like a five ingredient and it was so stinking good. Like, I think the other ingredients were like salt, pepper, and... Like, I think as soon as we're done, you need to text me this recipe for sure. It was just such a like, oh, that's so fresh. All the ingredients and like the avocado, you toss it enough that the avocado kind of coats the Mm. cucumber. So I'm loving that. I also just finished reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Have you read that? You know, this is crazy is that I'm a finisher of book. I'm not a giver upper. And I was listening to this on audio and I think something happened with my life and I didn't finish it. I need to go back and finish this book. I am not a good reader. Like I'm just not a strong reader Uh and I don't have a lot of time in my life to read. So typically when I tackle a book, I actually get the audiobook and the hardcover uh-huh. just like so that like, all right, well, I can pick up a chapter 12 for this one hour car ride or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'm constantly back and forth. And so that's how I did that book. And I had some moments probably in the first third where I was like, 
this is so much about nature that like, I'm such an indoorsy person, but by the end, without giving away any spoilers, I was so delighted by the way that nature was like one of the characters of the story. Aww. And I learned so much, but like, it was just really excellent writing. I don't know. Maybe some people are rolling their eyes that I liked that book, but I really did. No, I've heard actually a lot of great things about it. In fact, I want to tell you, this is my problem. I love fiction and I'm like, I love ba- fiction. I'm a bathtub fiction reader. Like I love yeah. reading fiction in the bathtub right now. I'm reading crying in the aisles of H Mart or something like that. I'm almost done with it. I heard that you were reading that. It's like a memoir. Yes. It's so a woman. good. Yes, I'm yes, loving yes. it so much. And I'm about to start reading the bathtub next nine perfect strangers. Okay. Because I got it. I mean, years ago, I think that book came out years ago and now there's a series on Hulu. And so I'm a, like, oh, if there's yeah. a series, I want to read it first. I think where the crowded thing has got a <gasps> series of some kind coming up. I've also started the Dutch house on Audible and haven't finished it yet. That's on my recommended. Are you liking it? Yes, but I have three hours left. Like this okay. is the problem. And then yeah. I have 12 hours left of when, of where the crawdads sink. That feels so overwhelming. That does feel overwhelming. I wish that you had like a road trip or something. Barack Obama's book, A Promised Land. I have 29 hours left of that book. <laughs> Jamie, it is so long. Have you read it? I loved that he read it and I probably got maybe three chapters in and I love the way that he like talked about like life in the White House. And then I felt too, it was too daunting and I bailed. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, one more I'm gonna tell you about and then we're, I'm gonna ask you how to get the study. I listened to Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I did too. The, the only way to read it is to listen to it. The it is only way to read it is to listen to it, you guys. And for sure listen to it because like, I also like, I would be curious to like actually open the book and see if it's even like, if it even makes sense. Because I know. Like, I'm not sure it would. First of all, he's had some crazy life stories that he tells. Yeah. And then second of all, just listening to him tell them is just what I need in my life. A little bit of Matthew McConaughey. Just it kind of so like, good. it feels like you're hanging out with him. It feels like you're hanging out with him. Like, it's almost like we all went to a Texas game together because you know, he's yeah. there and he had on his orange suit and he's saying, all right, all right, all right, hook him and all the things. And then afterwards we end up at a friend of a friend of a friend's house. And the next thing you know, we're sitting around the fire and Matthew McConaughey is telling us stories about his life. That's what it feels like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Highly recommend. I don't know. Like, I'm sure that there's probably like great reasons that I should not highly recommend that book, but I bet your listeners are very gracious about very gracious and it's his life and it's a memoir and it is what it is. Okay. Before we go, I want to ask you this. How do people get your studies? Because the cool thing that you guys do is you don't only do hardback. So someone might be thinking like, I'm like an online digital person. So tell everyone, how do we get your stuff? And then you have a coupon code for our listeners, which is so fun. We do. Okay. Shopsherewithtruth.com is your one-stop shop for all of it. So like all of those, he reads truth, kids read truth things are all there. Now the cool thing for the study book and the legacy book. And I love this. We actually started this out of necessity last year because we completely sold out of the She Reads Truth study books. And so we were like, we can't print anymore. We can make them available digitally. And everyone loved it. So last year was the first year y'all did that out of necessity? Yeah. Oh, awesome. But we sell out every year. Yeah. And like the paper for this year's book is like this really specialized book. We literally bought every sheet of that paper in the whole world that is available. So like once it's gone, it's gone. Like there's not, you cannot reprint, but it kind of like forced us into this, like, what if we had a digital option? So I use this app called Notability. Do you use Notability? Yes. I just got it actually. I am obsessed. I use it for interior design stuff. I use it. Is this on your iPad? Yes. Jess Conley just told me about this app. Obsessed. I love it. I have been like a slightly dependent on it for almost a year now. I don't have the same feelings you have. I think I need to like watch a YouTube video or something. I have not figured out how to make this 
as this, much interesting in my life as you have. If we were in person, I would be showing you. Okay, right perfect. Now. Like it's everything. Anyway, but it's so nice because you can like load the Advent study book into Notability, and then you're just like taking your own notes right in there. And then it's like maybe you forgot. Maybe you're going on vacation for Christmas and you forgot your Advent study book, or you don't want one more book in your suitcase. But you're gonna take your iPad. Yeah. So. There you go. And it's just with you and always, and you've got all your notes on it. And I'm personally a little bit obsessed with being able to like write in books digitally. So either I way, love that. Fantastic. And we have a code. The code is happy advent. That's H-A-P-P-Y-A-D-V-E-N-T. And that's for 15% off anything in the advent collection. So digital, physical, kids, women, men, all the things. So go nuts. What about those cool countdown things for women? Is that in your shop too? Yep. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, I love all the things you guys are doing at She Reads Truth for kids and adults. And Advent is always a fun season for me personally. And then I always love seeing what you guys are presenting to the world to help women and men and kids get in God's word every day together. And so Rachel, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Again, so many books we told you about. The cards from my friend, Mary Wiley. We're linking those at the show notes, jamieivy.com slash HH438. Don't forget, She Reads Truth is giving you guys a discount code, Happy Advent, and that's 15% off anything on their store. You can get all those links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Happy Hour.